What is going on, guys, and welcome to In the Neutral Zone, the podcast where we talk all things NFL. My name is Gabby Gordon. Very excited to bring you to yet another week of the NFL. Well, we are through nine weeks now. Nine weeks. We are on double digits now heading into week 10. Crazy things going on in the league. We have a lot of coaches in the hot seat now. One coach notably fired. We've got teams that are hitting all-time lows like the Packers, which we're going to dive right into in just a moment. We have teams that are still surprising us. We still have an undefeated team in Philadelphia. We have a lot of interesting things to talk about at this point in the season. So as I just mentioned, Green Bay Packers, what is going on? I mean, we know what's going on. You have a a veteran quarterback who is not playing like a veteran quarterback at all. You've got young receivers who are inexperienced and can't be trusted by Rodgers for the most part, which to me at this point in the season I feel like is a little bit ridiculous that they can't get on the same page at this point. You've got a run game that's not being utilized as much or enough. You have a defense that is letting up 15 points to the Lions. you got special teams, just horrendous still. There's a lot wrong and very little right with this team. The most hilarious part about this entire thing is that they're 3-6, and six, yet still in second place in the NFC North. Obviously, the Vikings are number one, having a phenomenal season. The Packers are tied for second place and still not far out of the playoffs. At, at, at this point in time, for most teams, you'd say, all right, let's tank. Let's get a high draft pick. We need to rebuild this team. For the Packers, completely, maybe that's not true. Maybe that is what you should do, but Mark Murphy, the Packers president and CEO, says it's too early to write off the season. Mark Murphy stated, quote, My expectation is that we will play well and we will improve. I know things look bleak now, but things can change quickly in the NFL. We are not ready to give up on the season. Now, I don't know how much I truly, as a Packer fan myself, like what our president has to say about the season. You are literally at week 10. You're 3-6. and six. You have a massive, massive problem with your team that's not just in one spot. You know, a lot of times with the Packers, we've seen weaknesses in special teams. And that was the weakness. And we focused on that. And we were able to work around it because we had an explosive offense. And we had Rodgers and Devontae and playmakers. You don't just see a problem in one little spot now. You see problems everywhere on the team. You see problems in your offense. You see problems in your defense, your special teams. You see problems in your veteran future Hall of Fame quarterback who threw three interceptions last week against the Lions. Any season that Jared Goff is outplaying Aaron Rodgers is a problem, and I do not think we have ever seen that for the most part in this league. And the Packers have not had a losing record since McCarthy's final season in Green Bay. They were 4-7-1 and when Murphy fired McCarthy, and they finished the year 6-9-1. and Now they're going to be visiting Mike McCarthy once again. They're facing the Cowboys this week, who are a better football team this year, which I can't tell you that we're going to go in there and win that game like I had confidence last year. We could be looking at 3-7, 3-8, 3-9. and The list keeps going on. At this point in time, I think it's safe to say that for this year, they have hit rock bottom. 
you don't lose to the Lions unless there is a serious underlying issue that needs a rebuild. And again, Rodgers has not always been the problem. There's been other issues, but this season he is not the solution. He is not playing the way we know he can play. You don't throw three interceptions against the Lions defense if you're having a good Aaron Rodgers type year. You just don't. He doesn't throw three interceptions on a good day most of the time. When you throw three interceptions against the Lions, that is a large, large red flag. I mean, that had to have been one of his worst games in his career against one of the worst defenses in the league. Rodgers told Pat McAfee that his three interception game was a matter of making individual mistakes and not a matter of the Packers getting outplayed. Rodgers said on the show specifically, he said, quote, No disrespect, but did they play great? I mean, we had 400 yards of offense on them. We'd go up on down the fi- up and down the field. I threw an interception off a helmet. I threw an interception five yards short of Dave, referring to David Bakhtiari, who was lined up as an eligible receiver, passed the line's defense, and then Rodgers got intercepted by Aiden Hutchinson. Now, Rodgers isn't claiming that he played well, but he's saying the Lions' defense didn't particularly play well either. He said, quote, I didn't play a great game. We made a lot of mental mistakes, but I didn't think they really stopped us. We had three possessions in the first half and went up and down the field. It was more about us than them. So this is a situation Rodgers is describing as they were not beat by the Lions. The Packers beat themselves. And whether it's about the Packers or their opponents, they're 3-6. and six, And Rodgers has some of the worst stats of his entire career. So regardless of what he's saying, regardless of whose fault it is, what the mental mistakes are, are the Lions better than the Packers? Of course they're not, but they certainly played better, in my opinion. I, I don't think this is a mental mistake thing. I think this is a, you have issues in your organization now that needs to be flushed out type of thing. Rodgers has to figure out how they will stop beating themselves and how he can get back onto his offensive slate. You know, what? what is he doing out there? That's not the Rodgers we know. He has had years of adversity and has still been able to put stuff together. It doesn't seem that they can put anything together this year. I mean, you put up nine points against the Lions. It's not like it was a high-scoring game and they lost and he still played well. He played terrible. This brings up the question, is Matt LaFleur in the hot seat? I don't think you can put him there yet. I think he's had a phenomenal career with the Packers. He has never had a losing season. And we have, as Packer fans, personally, we all we have known is success. So we freak out a little bit when we start to have a lot of failure. Three and six is not familiar to us since the Mike McCarthy days, even then. And Mike McCarthy was fired in his final losing season. So this is Matt LaFleur's first taste of adversity and failure in the Packers organization. I don't think it's time to put him in the hot seat. I think if things don't change for the remainder of the season, maybe we start to question that a little bit further. But I think that starts with the general manager. I think it's always been the general manager. I think you cannot put LaFleur there quite yet because he has had a lot of success. His success to failure rate shows that maybe maybe this isn't a total LaFleur thing and this is just a lot of years of poor decisions from the front office 
coming to bite you in the end. Well, a coach that was in the hot seat and is now not in the seat anymore is Frank Reich. He is out as the head coach of the Colts. According to multiple reports, the move came a day after the team was throttled 26-3 by the Patriots, which made them fall to 3-5-1 on the season. Now, Reich was hired as the team's coach on the back of his work as an offensive coordinator, but the team's offense has been an absolute mess all season, and they reached new lows this past Sunday. They gained 121 yards all day, and they failed to convert a third down after firing their OC, Marcus Brady, last week. They also benched Matt Ryan a couple weeks ago, and that left no one else to blame for the team's bad play on that side of the ball. Reich went 40-33-1 in his career and took the Colts to the playoffs twice after being hired in 2018. Former Colts offensive lineman Jeff Saturday will transition from an ESPN analyst to interim head coach. It's a big promotion right there. Reichen had established himself as a very creative offensive coach. He helped guide the Eagles to the 2017 Super Bowl title. But the Colts offense has just been a disaster. They're ranking 27th in total yards per game, despite featuring last season's rushing champion, Jonathan Taylor and after trading for quarterback Matt Ryan. So going into the season, you know, we're saying, wow, the Colts are legitimate contenders. They got Jonathan Taylor. They got young studs like uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Matt Ryan's coming. Maybe he'll have a turnaround year. All of that, all of that down the toilet. Matt Ryan committed 12 turnovers, including nine interceptions in seven games before being benched in week eight. Jonathan Taylor has been banged up and he ranks 21st with 462 yards and one touchdown. Neither was helped by an offensive line that's the highest paid in the league, yet has been struggling the entire season. I mean, once again, Indianapolis entered the season with Super Bowl aspirations. ESPN's Football Power Index gave them a 66.9% chance of making the playoffs heading into the season. That was the sixth highest in the NFL. Their current chance is now 1.1%, which is the fifth lowest. In the preseason, they had a 7.8% chance to finish top of the AFC. Now, it's 7.1% to have the number one draft pick. You can see how quickly, just by those numbers, their season has come crashing down. With all the money spent on their offensive line, with all the moves made acquiring Matt Ryan, and you have what was once the best running back in the league, now fizzling out with injuries and ranking 21st in his respective position. You can see how quickly they have gone downward. Similar to the Packers like we just talked about, a season with high expectations is now a season where you have an interim head coach and your season's pretty much over. Time to tank and get a high draft pick. So real quick, what type of shape is Indianapolis in moving forward, including their salary cap? Because a team that has Super Bowl aspirations that is incredibly let down, now you have to wonder what's next. Well, the Matt Ryan contract is going to hurt because he's guaranteed $12 million of his salary next year, and the Colts are going to carry $18 million in dead money if they cut him. He could cut them a break by retiring, but they're going to have to wear some dead money on the deal regardless. And we don't know what the 2023 salary cap will be, 
but assuming that it comes in around the $225 million to $228 million range that people seem to expect, the Colts should have about $35 million or so in cap space. That's going to put them in the top half of the league in that department. And then you have the Quentin Nelson and Shaq Leonard deals that are big drags on the cap. And if they needed some room, they could restructure those deals. But those are supposed to be two of their best players, so it shouldn't be a problem to pay them. The Colts do not have a ton of must-sign free agents of their own, so that's a good thing. But they do have to find not only a quarterback that can produce offensively for you, but a left tackle at some point, and both of those positions are extremely expensive. Their roster is still in decent shape if they can get Taylor healthy, fix the O-line, and find a quarterback. But those are huge ifs, especially the last two. That offensive line takes work, and a quarterback takes more work. And it's hard to really assess what kind of long-term shape the Colts roster is in until we see what they do at the quarterback position specifically this offseason. The ESPN Football Power Index projects Indianapolis to land the number five overall pick when the draft comes around in April, which could mean that the Colts are on the outside looking in on quarterback prospects like Bryce Young out of Alabama, uh, C.J. Shroud from Ohio State, uh, etc. And there's plenty of time before the draft order is set, but they could end up packaging future draft capital to move up on the board. They have eight total picks in 2023, or even looking to draft a signal caller in round two. Left tackle is the team's clear-cut number two need, and it could also be a first or second round target. So in that aspect, they are set for the future if they play their cards right. For right now, all we know is that their season is pretty much coming to an end. Frank Reich's out. Jeff Saturday's in. Matt Ryan seems to be out. And we'll see what the next steps are for them as this season progresses. All right, it's that time for your Thursday Night Football preview. Tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the 4-5 and five Atlanta Falcons will be facing off against the 2-7 and seven Carolina Panthers. Carolina is home, Bank of America Stadium. Uh, let's see what we got here. Last time they played, it was a close game. High scoring, October 29th of 2022. And Atlanta won 37 to 34. The official score prediction for this one, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, is Atlanta 23, Carolina 20. Um, I can I can agree with this going either way here. Both are not that not very good teams. I think Atlanta is going to pull through, even though Carolina is home. You got the whole home field advantage, but Carolina is a mess. Two and seven on the year. At least the Falcons have a little bit more of a respectable record, 4-5. and five. I think this one goes to the Falcons. And just for the Sunday slate, some notable games. You got the Vikings and the Bills this week. Uh, Bills are home at Highmark Stadium. Vikings are 7-1, and one, Bills 6-2. and two. Bills lost to the Jets last week, so they're coming off of a rocky and a surprising loss. They're looking to bounce back at home. I think that one goes to the Bills, but could easily go to the Vikings. The Vikings... Just having a phenomenal season. Boring matchup. You got the Lions and the Bears. Two terrible teams. Same division in Illinois. Two and six, three and six. That's just a boring game. But the Lions are coming off with maybe some confidence beating the Packers. That's a big milestone for the Lions. We'll see how that one goes. Not really a notable matchup here, but the Giants facing off against the Texans. The Giants had a bye week last week, but the week prior to, they kind of 
you know, lost their mojo a little bit with a loss. And now they're looking to get back on track against what's arguably the worst team in the NFL or one of the worst teams sitting at 1-6-1, and one, the Texans. At home, at MetLife, I think the Giants should really have no problem beating the Texans here, getting back on track, and we can see 7-2 and two for them. And I'd say the last notable game of the week is Commanders and Eagles. Eagles at Lincoln, Lincoln Financial Field. Look, not a great matchup for the Eagles. It's a pretty boring team, to say the least, the 4-5 and five Commanders. But the Eagles are still looking to stay undefeated on the year. 9-0, and oh, that's huge. So I will definitely keep an eye on that. That's on Monday at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Four teams on by this week. You got the Ravens. Patriots, Jets, and Bengals, so we will see them in the following week. And that does it for your Thursday Night Football, Sunday, and Monday preview. Well, folks, that is all the time I have left for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Gabby Gordon, and you've been listening to In the Neutral Zone. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Enjoy tonight's game and the rest of the games, as we are now in Week 10 It's insane. Can't believe it. Don't forget, every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a new episode of In the Neutral Zone is uploaded. So don't miss a single one. You can turn on the notifications and you'll never miss it. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Gabby Gordon, and I'll catch you next time.